this chair and I'll just stay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's Matt Michaels here on the DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. The future stars of wrestling are putting on a uh, future shock here this weekend. Uh, what's going on with it? Yeah, you know, we got a couple of our uh, mainstay, main roster uh, people uh, just messaged and got confirmation. Maserati uh, will be wrestling one of our newer female students who came from Oklahoma. She wrestled J-Rod at the last one, Olivier Vegas. And, you know, she does have, you know, some good amount of matches under her belt. Uh, she came from Oklahoma, decided to come to Vegas you know, looking for a better opportunity. And, you know, she's got now J-Rod and Maserati in her first two matches here in Vegas. So, you know, that's the opportunities that we provide uh, when people decide, hey, you know what? I'm kind of stagnant where I am. As she said, the training wasn't the best and it was kind of sporadic. And, you know, like today, uh, Cody can't make it. Uh, hit up Bateman. He hadn't responded. He's not much of a Facebook guy. But, you know, I scrambled. And so now we have Chris Bay today, Kenny King yesterday, and Sin Bodie Monday and Tuesday. So, you know, if you want to learn and, and get these opportunities, well, you know, it's hard to find a better spot to where you can go and, and, and train with, you know, major league wrestlers almost every day of the week. Right. Right. Um, when you look at uh, the show, uh, what, uh, you know, is there is there uh, anyone who has been getting your attention that uh, is on this future shock to where you're, you know, you're kind of looking at them as like either this is uh, a proven point or uh, this is you know, uh, just kind of a continued growth? Well, it's more of a continued growth. You know, we're working on getting somebody a uh, debut really soon. But, uh, you know, Mariachi Montagna, you know, they three quarters of the front row was all their family and friends who came out to support them. You know, I, I was busting balls. I'm like the other day, I'm like, hey, I haven't heard anything. What's up with you guys? Blah, blah, blah. And they're starting to make some moves, but they, they got 26 front rows so far. I'm like, that's it? Come on. Last time you did 40-something. So, But they're going to get to wrestle greatness and tenacious. And, you know, future shock, you know, you know, no matter how many tickets they sell, it doesn't, like, just put them on high octane and wrestle Royce and Jarrell or, or all these guys. Future right. shock is exactly where these younger guys who are just about ready to get an opportunity. Well, now they've hit the ball out of the, you know, they've hit it out of the ballpark every time they've wrestled. And, right. you know, not that it's 15 times, but uh, they wrestled Koa and Duke, and, and Duke was extremely impressive against uh, Shogun. So they're getting trial by fire, and so far they've succeeded. And now greatness and tenacious, you know, Ricky's probably one of the more underrated wrestlers. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think he he maybe relies too much on the comedy. And but, you know, Ricky has made many a wrestler in Vegas look 
sometimes better than they really are. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a credit to him that he goes in there. And again, you got to give him direction sometimes because he likes to, he loves the comedy stuff, you know, and, and sometimes it isn't always pertinent to like focus on that. And it's always good. You know, I told him the last show, they were wrestling sky high. It's like, I love the comedy. It's great and everything, but sometimes you've got to be a little more serious sky high are number one contenders. They're going to be wrestling Royce and Jarrell. You know, they, they need, they need some seriousness. They need to look, you, you know, look good at what they're doing and not kind of goofy because you want people to take them serious when they're getting their tag team championship opportunity. So, so Mariachi Montagna, they're getting, I wouldn't say more opportunities, but they're, but they're getting showcased with the with saying, Hey, these guys are going to sell a lot of tickets. They performed very well. What do I got for them? Right. While in some cases, some of the younger guys are like, Oh, maybe I can get them in a scramble. Hey, maybe I can get them in a six man tag. Well, they're already a tag team. So it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're the over baby face tag team. You know, we had them work the killer D's who are, you know, very, very young and improving. But despite being probably five, seven years younger than the mariachis, they've been doing it for three times as long. Right. So, you know, they're going to get an opportunity. The killer D's, they're going to be wrestling a team that has never teamed before. But they, are, again, are two younger students who've had, Success selling tickets, success in the matches, John Trademark and Adrian Rain. So, you know, the That's... focus is getting a tag match for the Killer D's to have. But you never know if John Trademark and Adrian Rain click because right. the Killer D's were two guys that were put together. I needed a team to wrestle somebody in a spot. And, and, and I liked I liked their dynamic and I had mastermind with Demir and in the tag team, I just felt it didn't fit. These are young athletic, you know, really spry, you know, young kids and the mastermind character is probably, you know, maybe down the line. Yeah. But right now these guys need to focus and, and, and show off their athleticism. Right. Uh, now we kind of have a tag team with those guys and they, they seem very, you know, cool with the idea. Cause that's always another big problem where everybody wants to be a single star. Right. And, and they don't want to put the time and effort in as a tag team, because if they succeed, it's like, it's like a wrestler who's training that we make a ref, like an AJ Avon who doesn't really want to ref, but it's, it's an opportunity to get on the show and learn and, and Jay Vidal, who's a mentor, is going to explain to AJ what a great opportunity it is. Because now you're in the ring with some of the best wrestlers in the business. Right. And you're refing on that show. You, you won't even be sniffing the card as a wrestler at your stage of your career. And then once you get a couple of matches under your belt, Adrian Reigns, the same thing. We had him as a ref. They don't want to succeed as a ref. They they want they would rather fail as a wrestler than succeed as, as a ref. And I understand it. They're paying their money. They want to be wrestlers. And, you know, they kind of uh, frown upon it. Yet they're the ones who kind of bring up the idea of like, hey, if you need a ref, if you need a ref. And then when you use them, 
then they complain, oh, I got a rough. You know what I mean? It's like, so you, you're kind of in a catch-22. So we got a few, and, and Tom, who runs the website, you know, as a, you know, he, he works at it. But he's also a big buff guy that, you know, you don't want him having a hundred pound weight advantage on some of the guys he's reffing against. Right. People in the watching the match and be like, Oh, I bet the referee could beat his ass. Not what you need. So, you know, you, you, you're trying to mix and match, especially on future shock. So, uh, Olivier needed a match. So I was going to hit up uh, Maz or Rochelle because initially Maz was going to work the show, uh, the last future shock. And then she got booked somewhere. So it was like, okay. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm off. Oh, that's cool. I wasn't planning on it, but yeah, I'll, I'll work it. So, you know, that is basically the final match. And, you know, I know AJ and Fox are good friends and they're tagging places. That doesn't mean anything to me, but uh, Damian Desire was coming down and, and Bryce Saturn, who maybe wrestled once for us, but he's wrestled all over Arizona. And he's wrestled all over Vegas. And I guess he moved to North Carolina for a couple months and didn't work out. Now he's back in Arizona. He hit me up and let me know he was driving down. I'm like, well, I don't really know if there's any opportunity, but, you you know, you're more than welcome. You know, I had that conversation with him months ago, last year, whenever he was there. I'm like, good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter to me. The fact of the matter is, if you're working three other shows in town, I don't need another guy who's now going to work a fourth show in town. I said, I have enough of those guys with my students. If I'm going to bring in an out-of-town guy, that I need him to have FSW as his mainstay. And, you know, as great as Danny Limelight is, how great is it if he's working for the shows this month in town? Right. He, he's not special. And we want to make as many of our wrestlers as special as possible. The Hammerstones and, and, and Ice, who recently started doing some other stuff but and shogun and and royce and jarrell and before that chris bay all these guys and and i get the younger guys need to get their experience and they're not going to be in a lot of shows so i don't really like hey aj or fox why are you working another show in town it's like well it's their opportunity to grow Bodie, same way you try to you try to give them advice on like, hey, if you're going there for a measly payday and to put over some guy who can't, you know, lace your boots, you know, what is it doing for you? And there were times that happened with Bodie, but there were times he got some really, really good matches. And it was like, awesome. You know, you're getting to work Bateman, you're getting to work Allen Angels, you're getting to work major league wrestlers. and. Right. You know, I'm not even talking about for GCW in Arizona and, and GCW in California. I'm talking about locally where he's right. only drive 10 minutes and he's getting a strong opponent to be in the ring with at 16 years old. So, right. you know, it looks like so to be Fox and AJ against Damian Desire, who who's made the commitment. It's like, that's why you see him a lot. on here. I'm like, no offense. And he was like, hey, just want to let you know, you know, I I want to be committed to FSW and and he still understands that he's not going to get booked on every show because I got too much going on. Brittany Brooks is another one. She had worked at yeah. a, another, another place in town, but decided w the way they were going with 
their ideas for her that it conflicted what she was doing here and chose to put all her, you know, eggs in the FSW basket. And I'm pleased to say that we can announce that the FSW Women's Championship that is now vacant will be uh, held at No Escape, and it'll be a second-ever steel cage ladder match with Ooh. the high, hanging above the ceiling. Ooh. And it'll be the two people, the two women who scored the pin in the four-way so Rochelle Riveter pinned the FSW Women's Champion Viva Van, and Brittany Brooks pinned Maserati. So those two will be facing each other at No Escape for the vacant FSW Women's Championship, which means we now have three matches announced, and those are all steel cage matches. And I can also confirm that we will have four steel cage matches on that show. So, so that, that, uh, and then if it, if it, uh, if things fall through and it ends up at the arena, then it will be eight steel cage matches. Uh, no, we might have to cut down some matches, but we might do, uh, six. Gotcha. Was the goal on that, but confident, you know, I, I, I get very worried when that contract isn't in hand. I'm confident that it will be here this weekend or by the latest next because, you know, thankfully we're still five weeks away, maybe a little less than five weeks now. So, you know, what's today? Well, Thursday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three, and 17, one, four. Two, three, four. Yeah, it's like yeah. five weeks. Yeah, roughly. Uh, and and the revelation of uh, that came up that we really didn't pick up on is the fact that it's an Easter show. Yes. Uh, somebody hit me up last week and I was like, oh, it's on Easter? I'm like, I don't know. When's Easter? But, they, you know, thank goodness, you know, most people don't go to church anymore. And, you know, you know, so you should be all right. You know, at five o'clock. If you haven't gone to Easter Mass yet, uh, you weren't going anyway. Um, so is, is does that mean we get Ricky Tenacious in a bunny suit? It could be. He could be passing out candy because you know I don't think he's going to be on the show. So you know you need something to do. Uh, taking pictures, you know, pictures. That's how you make up your money, Joe. You charge five bucks a head to get a picture with the Easter bunny and you make that money. There you go. So, saying. you know, we're also planning on maybe an extended, uh, pre-show. Okay. That starts at four 30 and, uh, do two matches. Yeah. Uh, mariachi's mariachi's claim. They can, uh, bring some big business. The the mariachis versus maybe the po boys. Uh, yeah. Baby faces make make the crowd kind of uh, start choosing who. Uh, you know, that, like that's that. possible. Uh, you know, you mentioned sky high. Uh, when you look at you know, you've been talking about the tag teams. When you look at sky high and their evolution and their growth, uh, the opportunity they had to go against the uh, the young bucks. Uh, recently, um, 
what do you see in terms of where they started and how far they've come and is it something where you know it just with those two guys it was just keep pounding keep pounding keep pounding and you know it's starting to to finally show that they're at the level where they can you know hang with these more uh seasoned veterans and and make those guys look good as well you know the thing is if you talk to anybody they're always ready you know and and the truth of the matter is you're not always ready right and in 99.9 percent of the cases you're definitely not ready when you think you are ready and you know there were there were times there were talks and then, you know I saw they did a couple promos and it was like you know there was the A list B list and they posted a thing and it was comical and it was funny and you know and they can take it however they want to take it but I'm turning as truthful as possible and right now at then three years ago or whatever it was they were the B teams. They were the young up-and-coming teams, the Suavecitos and Lights Camera Faction and Sky High and, you know, and Laz back then that we had. We had a lot of these younger tag teams, but they were not, let's say, at the, you know, level because – the unguided got hot and death proof was before, before that. And we had, you know, juicy and Toa and Shogun and hero. And not to say Shogun and hero were this dynamic, you know, exciting high flying tag team, but they were two big stars that had been around FSW put together that were able to gel and become a solid tag team. And, you know, most teams that have been around two or three years, four years, got to remember that first year they probably had almost no matches. So now this next year they're trying to get booking. So they're not booked every Friday and Saturday and, and two Sundays a month. So, you know, they probably still have less than 100 matches when the day you walked in the door to train and now you're at three years. You know what I mean? So... And in the meantime, where, hey, we got Chris Bay and Ace Austin, and, hey, we're bringing Royce and Jarrell back, and, you know, Tito and Che, and these are established top-notch tag teams. Right. These guys are basically getting opportunities to learn. And, yeah, they're probably not winning those matches because – you're not winning a match because you come from Vegas and they come from California. The fuck right. does that have to do with anything? Right. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's the mindset of wrestlers from some town. And hey, we're in Vegas. So when they bring in the Cali guys, it's like, well, we're not that random Cali show with 70 people that their Cali guy is going to go over the outside guy. Right. We're things and we're trying to create and you know having Danny Limelight come in and pay him to put over a guy who had no knowledge of the business 
that destroys the business. Right. You know, you, you, I've always said that even with guys that, okay. You know, guys we first brought in in Austin Aries and he wrestles Bryce Harrison, Bryce Harrison, top guy, top FSW guy, but he's not in the league of Austin Aries. So we're, our goal is getting him that match and hoping that he can go. And I always tell the story that we have Paul London wrestle Bryce Harris. And Paul London won. People were like, I don't understand. It was like, he's got to earn that win. I want to have him have a match. Because if you watch the first match, I've told this story a million times. If you watch the match and you say, hey, which one of these guys was probably in WWE in the last couple of years? He'd be all London. That's fucking obvious. Yeah. A year later, they had the rematch. And you'd be like, hmm, I don't know. Both of these guys are really good. Bryce put on weight. He was much more confident. His promos were fantastic. On the match. Because Bryce Harrison showed me that he was deserving to beat someone of this level. And later on, Greg Sharp came out and he wrestled Paul London, had a really good match. Paul London won. You know, that that, that was the way it was. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, Mecca matches and Mike Bailey's wrestling Matt Vandegrift. Nobody knows I'm a big fan of Matt Vandegrift. Mike Bailey won. I'm not like, hey, the local guy's got to win. It's like, hey, what I think is best for the show that we're running right then and there. Not because you're my local guy and I got this guy from out of state to come in who's on TNA and I'm just going to make them lose. Right. But will they lose? Sure. Royce and Jarrell beat Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Right. Yep. You know, Jay Vidal beat Chris Bay. The yep. No Limits title. So you're going to see those opportunities come. You know, Hammerstone beat Moose. Hammerstone beat Masters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hammerstone pretty much beat everybody who was in front of him. You know, Shogun and Hero beat Carlito and Chris Masters. Because I felt at that time they were deserving of it. And that's the process of bringing in these name guys. You know, Matt Hardy, you know, crazy story in Mesquite. Matt Hardy wrestled. Uh, Bryce Harrison. We're early on. We're probably 2013, 2014. I'm like, Bryce Harrison by pinfall. All of a sudden, I'm watching the match. Bryce Harrison got DQ'd. Like, what the fuck? Because nobody said nothing. And nobody was like, hey, we had this idea. So, after the match, I go back there like, yo, what's up? And Bryce quickly came over to me. You know, I felt that, you know, for Matt to put me over, he had no problems with it. You know, I just didn't feel that it was necessary because we had Gatson cash in the case. Right. And Gatson was winning anyway. And it turned out to be a great move because two days later, uh, the King and I, which was a restaurant on Trop in Maryland that I actually had my wedding 
food catered from. I knew the owner, Chris, from being there so many times. I sat with Matt Hardy and took him to lunch. And I said, hey, I got this idea, blah, 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 blah. He was good to go. And that, maybe if he would have lost, maybe that wouldn't have been brought up. But became our heavyweight champion and became a mainstay in FSW. He wrestled Lance Hoyt. He wrestled Brian Cage twice. You know, he did big things for us. You know, I think he teamed with Kenny King against uh, EC3 and Rob and uh, Robbie. So yeah. Matt was around, and you know, maybe that loss wouldn't have sparked my idea of having him become the FSW heavyweight champion. Or maybe, maybe he remembers that you wanted him to get pinned, and uh, that's why that's he hasn't why come back since, since he owes me. Yes. <laughs> You know, I think he called out on AEW because he knew I might show up. <laughs> Bastard. That's it's all right. You know, at at the rate the family is growing up and uh, getting bigger uh, on the Hardy complex, uh, I'm sure you'll probably have a couple Hardys that you could uh, book within the next uh, ten years. You know, people can say what they want. I'm the one. Me, Joe DeFalco had the idea to have Maxwell pin Disco Inferno. Because Disco Inferno cut a promo, called out Maxwell, and said, in 18 years, because your dad keeps ducking me, I want a Hardy, and I want Maxwell Hardy. So I said, hey, Matt, I got an idea. He loved the idea so much, they did it eight months later at Impact. Yep. Where's my cut? Where's my thanks? I came up with a brilliant idea, not not the creative of uh, Matt Hardy. I think uh, we're 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 getting closer to that eighteen. So is Disco? Uh, oh, does he owe you a match against Max? Uh, I don't know. I got to hit up Disco. He's always he's always good. We were trying to get Disco uh, after the the. The heated battle, which I never thought of, but we never did, even though we did have him on. We never did a dance-off between Disco Inferno and Santana Jackson. Oh, yeah. Might have to be a special attraction. I'm picking it now for the 15th anniversary show. I'm going to make it happen. I like it. I like that a lot. And, you know, it could break down into a match. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if, you know, uh, Santana just did his uh, AAA, right? Uh, I think yes. Week. So. Uh, you know who the negotiator was of that? Right. That was me. Conan called me up. And, well, Conan and Disco do their podcast. So what a better way to promote. Disco versus Santana, and who could be the person who could officiate that? Uh, you know, host that. That can't be Conan. He'd want too much money. Come on, come uh, on. Bro. You know, he would. He would want too much cash. Maybe uh, they could promote it on the event, or we could do Disco and Conan versus Santana and Bodie. <laughs> yeah. You know, the mind's always working. 
Oh man. Um, you know, you, you brought up, uh, you brought up, uh, the, uh, the champion there. Um, what, uh, what has it been like for, uh, for the, uh, the new driver, uh, now that he's uh, 16 and able to drive and stuff, has he, uh, you know, has he been getting more opportunities, uh, you know, outside of FSW that is uh, giving him more experience? Well, yeah, he's he's a mainstay of GCW now. I saw him post for some show when they come back to California uh, in the next month or two. And last time GCW did the loop, that was supposed to be Vegas, but they didn't. They ended up doing Arizona. Uh, you know, he worked LA the first night, I think in a six man tag with like Starboy Charlie and maybe Jack cartwheel in a six man. And then he got obliterated by Mance Warner and got hung with the bull rope on the, uh, on the show in Arizona. So yeah, he, he, he's, he's becoming their, uh, their Nick Wayne. Yeah. You know, 16. So and yeah. we, you know, how that helped Nick Wayne. Sure. Sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's the, the, you know, I guess that's, that's something we, we don't really talk too much about because it's, it's the East coast, but, um, you know, how do you feel or, or how do you actually encourage the guys to get more exposure on the East coast? Um, because, you know, realistically, uh, the East Coast, you know, there's a ton of promotions there that are are pretty uh, well known, and uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have your exposure on both coasts. Um, you know, how, how do guys advance like that uh, so that their their brand and they they can show, you know potential other bigger companies that you know i'm not just known here i'm i'm known around well uh wrestling in 2020s and teens or whatever is far different than wrestling 15 20 years ago when it comes to that these younger wrestlers they invest in themselves you know, guys who come to FSW, the Richard Kings or Adonis now, as he's known, and Jared Diaz and Robert Martyr, whether they get, which is another new thing, sponsors, a lot of the women, they will fly themselves because as good as Robert Martyr is, he's awesome, you know, and, and I love Jared Diaz and, and Richard King, but I can't afford to spend on a on a show a guy who's going to work for a quarter of what his flight is going to cost. There, right. There's no financial value in spending, you know, and again, a lot of, because of spirit airlines, people carry the, the little backpack or whatever. And, you know, you can still get some cheaper flights, but two or $300 on a flight for a guy like Robert Martyr doesn't make sense because people, and there's some because Robert Martyr's gotten out there more and he's wrestling California. And people know who Robert Martyr is. They follow the indie scene. Right. But the majority of our fans who come because they like FSW and they like the local guys or whatever, it's hard to convince 
a Dom and PCW in Arizona to spend $400 to fly somebody in when they can have somebody drive in and not have to pay anything near that to fly. Right. But if somebody's willing to do it, like I've tried to connect people, like when we did the stuff for AEW weekend and I got martyr and Diaz and King and they all got to work multiple shows. And then they got to work maybe a, a GCW show because Martyr was already here. And, yeah. and there was other things in the future legends and, and Martyr's kind of shooty. So we had them do the blood, uh, blood sport type show, Natural Born Killers. But yeah. it's also connecting with, hey, here's some guys and promoters I know in California. So if you're going to come out Saturday and maybe you can come out Friday and get a booking in Cali and drive with some people Saturday and leave Sunday or get another booking Sunday. And again, there's some shows locally and, you know, Millhouse. So I, he asked me to change the date for Pride Style one day. And I'm like, OK, but I'll change the date. But this is what you got to do, because I had Jared Diaz, who was going to count in Colorado and he was making the trip of it. So he was going to do Friday in Colorado, Saturday in Vegas and then get out of there. So I moved the date to Sunday. I'm like, you need to book Jared Diaz for the show on Saturday. And then I'll move the date because he I've already confirmed with him. He's got his flight arrangements. I don't need him to be stuck in Vegas yeah. with nothing to do. So, and he did that, which now got him an opportunity to wrestle for a guy. And again, he didn't have to pay for his flight. So, of course, he was going to use him. He's a, he's a top-notch talent that yeah. is going to come in for relatively inexpensive because he's going to be here. But now I got him the booking for Saturday and Sunday. Right. So, you know, a lot of these guys, Vandegrift, Jay Vidal, they would fly to, they'd fly themselves into Florida when they were living out here to, to get on shows, if that's what it took. And people do it all over, going to Europe and making a thing of it and then trying to get bookings. And, hey, I'm going to be around and this is what I can do and this is what I can offer. And it was no different with AEW. We had a guy, uh, he was called The Rotation uh, from Germany. And, and he came in for that weekend and he's a WXW guy. He's legit. You know, he helps train the wrestlers there and right. he was really good. And he ended up getting to work with Bodie and that was, you know, a guy whose English wasn't the best and Bodie had to communicate with him. So that was a great opportunity for the then 15 year old young prodigy. It was probably a scramble match or I think it was an elimination match. And yep. it was the match where I think uh, the winner, Gauntlet style, got to wrestle, I believe, Jay Vidal in the, uh, for the No Limits. Because actually that was the first time Matt Vandegrift won the title. So Bodie right. won like, two matches, then Matt beat Bodie, and then Matt beat Jay Vidal for the No Limits title. And that was the first time that three shows in a row the No Limits title was cha had changed hands. So Matt won it, Jay won it. Matt wanted back. So, you know, it, it's it's creating some newness, some different things. Yeah. And that's what we're always trying to, you know, figure out what to do. And when it comes to these guys, they have to invest in themselves because the ones that hit me up, they're solid as can be. There's, there's a tag team right now. They're called the main event, M-A-N-E, kind of circus-y kind of thing. They're the House of Glory champions. And they just got to work Chris Bay and Ace Austin at the House of Glory show. Yeah. 
and they are legit. Moz knows them, connected us. They're like, yeah, you know, if we can get some dates, you know, we could try to make it work. And as good as they are, it was like, hey, guys, you know, I can't fly two years in for eight hundred dollars. Now, if they can if they can maneuver and do stuff, they were 100 percent willing to try to make it happen. You know, and unfortunately, with AEW weekend coming up, I got news that I got to try to verify. But because they added the Saturday shows now, the according right. to Dean, who books the extra talent and the AEW, you know, the the YouTube show and Ring of Honor and and the extra talent, told me that he thinks that they're going to be doing Dynamite somewhere else on the Wednesday and then they're just going to do Vegas Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Well, that becomes a problem because people are coming in for AEW. Well, they're not going to come to our show Friday night when there's the AEW show Friday night or Saturday. Right now, the one lone option seems to be the Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And Ed in San Antonio who runs at noon on Saturdays, every Double or nothing weekend. He already penciled in. So I'm not kind of wanting to be the guy to be like, hey, sorry, bro, you're out. Right. And GCW was talking about possibly doing something on the Friday. So my thought process is because we've had success the day of the show, like we did last year. Sorry, the year before we did FSW versus GCW. We did it twice. We did it SummerSlam at noon and we did it at double or nothing. And guess what? They both packed the joint. Last year, we had the extra day off because GCW did Friday. And we did FSW versus GCW Saturday night, which was headlined by uh, Janela and Hammerstone. Right. And we packed the joint there. So now with the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's weird schedules. Because like when they did AEW a couple weeks back, well, they started at four. Right. They ran till like nine. So the question becomes, because it's important, is is GCW going to be out here? I tried to help them with a venue. It didn't work out. Place we were trying to get. So with GCW, that brings their own fan base. Right. So people from California and Arizona and Utah that are going to make their way anyway, that don't give a flying fuck about AEW. Right. When we're doing a show at the FSW arena, 250, 270 people is nothing. Because you got our people that will more than half fill it on any given day. And now all of a sudden the uh, the GCW people are in town. And, you know, we had all their stars, you know. We we had Janela versus Hammerstone. We, we had Alec Price. We had... Yamashita wrestled Maz, you know, it was, it was a stellar fucking show and it was packed to the gills because of that. And the GCW influence, weird as it sounds, is bigger for us than having AEW guys on, even if they had a show that Friday and we did one Saturday. It's just that fan base is, it's like, GCW is kind of like us where it's, you know, it's word of mouth. Right. It isn't on TV. Hey, we're going to be at the dollar loan center. 
It's, hey, we're coming to Chicago this week. Hey, we're coming to Arizona for the first time. Hey, we're back in L.A. And it's all through the Twitter and the Instagram, and everybody knows about it. And then when we announce and they share it, hey, don't forget FSW versus GCW. We put out the flyers. We do the work. But they make the shares. And all of a sudden, you know, when we did Eventbrite, when we had a move to, to sell tickets, the FSW-GCW show was by far the most tickets sold. It was basically a sellout yeah. for FSW-GCW. And that was with no TV. It was, hey, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're getting it to our fans. They're getting it to their fans. Janelle is sharing it. And it's that hardcore group. And it's like, I'm always fighting – Hey, Brett, come on. You got to come down. You know, what's up? The fuck? You're supposed to be in Vegas. Now you're doing Arizona. You told me Vegas. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lock down these venues and, and stuff and trying to get it. Because I understand their reach. Because the more their fans come to our show, maybe they come to more of our shows when they're not here. Right. Because they've been in L.A. a few times, but they haven't stopped in Vegas. Yeah. And they don't oversaturated and come to Vegas four or six times, but, you know, coming twice a year and usually AEW weekend is, is a given. And yeah. oh, obviously SummerSlam. So, you know, if WrestleMania, the rumors are they come here next year because now all of a sudden it's up in the air. And I heard this rumor, you know, six months ago that, Mania was coming to Vegas 2025, not 2026, because everybody felt Minnesota was locked in. Right. Well, the idea is, hey, the FSW arena is going to be available. Hey, we're going to lock up the Silver Nugget, but it was closed. And it's still closed. Hopefully by next year, it's going to be open. But if we have those two venues, A, we can probably make a good chunk of change, but we'll also be part of the collective because, you know, we're going to be using our ring right. at active, you know, pretty much certain because every time they come here, they use our ring now. So right. we would be part of it. So, you know, plus renting out the arena, you know, that's a time for us to, to, Hey, this is a good profit. You know, sure. Prices are going to be jacked when it's mania weekend. So, you know, We'll keep it more than fair, but it ain't going to be like, hey, what's the brother-brother rate? Right. You want to rent the arena on WrestleMania weekend and run a show, you know, I know what it costs elsewhere, and we have the ring and the venue for right. less than you would have just for the venue. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these shows aren't going to do 300 people that they need bigger venues. Now, GCW will, the collective will. You know, as much as I'd like to say, yeah, we could do the collective there. There's just not enough room. Right. You know, they're going to draw five, seven, eight hundred people. Have, uh, have you uh, have you ever considered uh, something? And we're talking big scale like that, right? You know, WrestleMania weekend where you can draw and everyone all uh, is now associating, you know, with uh, WrestleMania weekend, all the independent shows. So. Uh, it's it's built in kind of into the fan base's uh, you know routine to take in these shows during the week. Uh, 
Has anything like Sam Boyd ever crossed your mind? Outdoors? Eh, not really. You know, it's just too big. You know, what are you going to have? People feel, uh, you know, you want everything to look great. And it ain't, A, the price is going to be through the roof because it seats 40000 Right. You know, where, you know, to me, the, you know, Sam's Town would work, obviously. Even if you want to go bigger scale, like for an all-day event and having, you know, a, a toy con type thing where a wrestle con because they're doing wrestle con in Philly. Yeah. Now, don't tell me that if it's in Vegas, wrestle con ain't coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe I make a move and reach out to some people that we're close with that have a really really nice venue that has already had some wrestling. And we can lock it up and work out a deal. Wait, you didn't know? didn't diversion close down? They did, but I think I might have another spot. <laughs> but you know that that's the key thing: locking up some of these venues. Because you know what, all those places, meet Las Vegas and the space, we're trying to charge five six thousand dollars is just out of everybody's price range, but not for WrestleMania weekend. Right. Now, the fact of the matter is a lot of those shows draw less. More shows draw less than 100 than draw more than 400. Right. So, you know, I'm pretty sure we can lock up the FSW arena, you know, that Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Multiple shows like even Wednesday, whatever, like. I have visions of different thoughts of, you know, multiple events, but not only just wrestling, but involving wrestling people. You see when Double and Nothing's in town, they're doing something where Frankie Kazarian's band's playing at the Nerd Bar. Or uh, he'll, he'll be out here at the uh, end of uh, April. We're actually trying to lock in, talking with him now about, uh, through Chris Bay, about finally getting a Frankie Kazarian seminar. But these guys are in town, and or a lot of them live in Cali, so it's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's a, it's it's a hundred dollars round trip for a flight, right? And trying to focus on what we could bring, because I see the collective, and then I see all these other shows, and there's literally a hundred shows running Mania weekend. Yeah, but the collective generally draws really well because it's three nights package deals on all the tickets and things like that. So right. even the low-end show is still getting some tickets because you're buying a package deal. And it works out good because you bought the ticket and you may not have entered the event. But you're right. still getting that money that if I ran it as a standalone show, I might not have gotten as many as those front row, but it's cheaper for people to buy the package of 10 shows than it is to just pick four. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that that's going to be a very interesting thing uh, if WrestleMania is in uh, Vegas next year. Well, I think the Super Bowl really kind of opened up a lot of eyes in uh, Connecticut, and I think that's where the 
you know, as soon as that Super Bowl week hit and all of a sudden it's like, well, it looks like uh, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. So. Well, you know, Vegas drew more people for a press conference than other companies who have talked about how well they did in Vegas. <laughs> and they did considering the rooms they were in. Yeah. But WWE outdrew them. Yeah. And it was a free press conference. I get it. But you're going there to see people talk. That's right. still mind-boggling to me. Right. And then yeah. they also say, hey, 100 bucks, you get a picture with Triple H and Rhea Ripley and whoever that was there. You know, they had meet-and-greet opportunities. It was like 5000 You got like to like drink champagne with Triple H or something like that? Yeah, something? something like that. You got a table and a little cocktail hour and you get to <laughs> hang out with, uh, you know, Grayson Waller or something. Right. <laughs> uh, well, and that's that's a, uh, uh, the other thing, too. Uh, you know, when they do, you know, if they, if they do WrestleMania, if they do come to town, uh, there might be some late nights for you at the school too, because they might need the arena to uh, either film something or rehearse something, right? You never know. Or hey, maybe uh, Joey Janela wants that cool feel of doing uh, the midnight show at, uh, at the FSW Arena. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I, there's just a lot of different things we could do. You know, it is Vegas. Have you, uh, and you, you know, you've, you've teased before that I, the idea of a 24 hour match, but have you ever considered that with something like that, the possibility of running a two o'clock in the morning show or four o'clock in the morning show, that type of thing where, you know, it's the city that never sleeps type of uh, lineup? Yeah, 100%. There's going to be everybody. There's going to be a million wrestlers in town, right. so that's another one. Wrestlers aren't expecting flights for Mania weekend. They're coming down. Now they're just hoping to get as many multiple bookings as possible. I think I remember last year I saw Mike Bailey posted he wrestled I don't know eight or nine times or something, yeah. four times in one night and and whatever. But that's also a way to fill the pockets because. Yeah. Times you can't afford a $500 guy, for example. Well, he's charging $500 for a match. Okay, but he's getting nine matches. So he's going to do it for maybe $300 or $400, depending on if how we know how much he knows you. Right. Because he's still making, instead of $500, he's walking out with $2,500. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have a week to rest. And if you don't want to work next weekend, he don't have to. Yeah. So... You know, it works out for everybody, you know, because it's crazy because you can never do that any other time. That's why it's like the Meccas are so rare. And it's like we were looking to do the Mecca double or nothing weekend. And maybe it's whatever we are at, Mecca 7, Mecca 8, Mecca 9. I don't even know. But whatever, hey, Mecca 9, FSW versus GCW. You know what I mean? It's like. That would draw when there's people here. Right. Yeah. You know, but the problem is, if it's Wednesday, last year they didn't even do the Friday, so they did Wednesday and Sunday. Right. There's a good chance they might only do one of the two days, but it's like finding out. 
Like I got to hit up Sanjay. Like, dude, you got the schedule for, you know, I need to know. Because if they have Friday off, I've been told through the other company that Saturday they wouldn't be able to be in Vegas. Because they have another show booked. Because they were thinking that Double or Nothing weekend, Memorial Day was the week after. So they locked in a date. So they would only be able to do anything out here Friday. So that would leave us wide open for Saturday. But in the discussions, it was also, hey, we don't need everybody. If we did a Saturday show, you know, get them home and you could probably use some of the crew. Right. How would you not want to use some of the guys that are there? Plus, how many people are in town for extra work for AEW? How many people are going to be here because it's, you know, I want to try to get on. I want to get an opportunity. You know, so it's like the next two years, you know, Double or Nothing's been here every year. And if Mania is here next year, it's just another addition. You know, it's hard to run. Like, if TNA was kind of like our Ring of Honor, they drew well Friday, they drew well Saturday, but they're doing shows Saturday and Sunday and not Friday and Saturday. So right. we're setting up the ring for them on Friday. If they did Friday, Saturday show, we set up the ring Thursday, we could do what we did at Ring of Honor, which ran their pay-per-view Friday, their TV taping Saturday, and then Sunday we would run the Meccas, and that was the catapult of how the Meccas became valuable. We sure. would run Twice a year, the two times that Ring of Honor would come out, and that's how the Mecca's got established. Now, TNA's drawing numbers that are bigger than what Ring of Honor did. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to piggyback off that? But the problem is we can't because we would have to run a Monday night and everybody's leaving after right. the show's Sunday. That kind of screws us up. But AEW makes it their home for their biggest pay-per-view. So regardless of how weak their numbers might be at certain venues for TV, that Double or Nothing's their biggest pay-per-view between that and All In. So they're going to have, you know, 15,000 people at the arena. And now all of a sudden, hey, if we're doing Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, well, guess what? What are we doing Thursday? Hey, FSW's got a show they're doing Future Legends. Hey, they got Jordan Oliver on the show and Cartwheel and and and, and all these and Billy Starks and all these young talents. And hey, Natural Born Killers. Oh, that's like Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got, you know, Tom Lawler's hosting it. And we got Tito Escondido and we got Royce Isaacs and Graves, you know, lesser extent name-wise, but you know, We've had Dan Severin and we've had, you know, Frank Mir on the show. You know. Did did you just lesser extent graves? Well, to the average fan who's watching Natural Born Killers, they have no idea who he is. I'm just saying that, you know, Graves might want to, you know, retribution there for. Uh, yeah, Gra- Graves will, graves will uh, he'll understand, you know. <laughs> You know, he's a guy who don't even know. He's never on, even on Twitter. <laughs> and he's right barely here. on Facebook. He's just not a social media guy. 
Oh, no, he's not a very social guy, period. Oh, he is with me. We could talk to Mets all day long. <laughs> oh, we could talk oh. about the delusional delusional wrestlers all day long. He likes them. <laughs> you can get him talking all day about these guys. Yeah. And and, and at this point, too, the delusional Mets. You got to look at what's going Everybody on. Everybody knows man. they suck. Fucking brutal. <laughs> I think they're the only ones who don't admit that they they're awful. They're still trying to feign like we're we're trying this year. Yeah, yeah. All the fans know it's it's a sad state. No matter who they bring in, it's like even when they bring in the best people, they they all of a sudden have the worst years of their career. So I don't know. It's a curse. Oh yeah, what's his face? Uh, what's uh, Sanya? He just got hurt. So he's not starting the season. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about like Scherzer and Verlander. Oh, yeah. Wow. That have been established for 15 years as the best pitchers in baseball, and they can't win five games because yeah. they're hurt all the time, or you know, they leave. Uh, they they leave in a two-two game, or Jake Brom. It's like, oh, he's the best pitcher in baseball. It's like, yeah, but he can't pitch past five innings, so he's not the best right. pitcher in baseball. Right. And then, and then, you know, go somewhere else. And uh, yeah, analytics yeah. kill the radio star. Yeah. Uh, so as we uh, wrap up here this week, uh, again, uh, Future Shock is uh, Saturday the second. Yeah, you can um, give a rundown of the card: Brett the yeah. Threat against Kid Isaac, Maz versus Olivier Vegas. As I said. Fox and uh, AJ will be teaming up against Damian Desire and uh, Bryce Saturn. We got Mariachi Montaña taking on Greatness and Tenacious. Uh, Jeffrey Excellence looking good in great shape. Back from Japan. Wrestled for Takamichinoku. He must have told him to get in better shape because he is a totally different looking dude. I'll tell you that. Like I saw him, I was like, holy shit. You know, and he's always been one of the best guys to help out and, and super nice. Uh, he's taking on Phil Godfrey with uh, the mastermind, uh, the man who I term Norman the lunatic at training. <laughs> so oh, a, a nice little throwback there of. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to wear that hospital gown like uh, Norman the Lunatic. Like, he looks just like him. He has any faces. It's like weird. You know, in a nice way, he's very weird. <laughs> and then we got a, we like to call the Battle of the Bruiserweights. We've never done it with so many younger guys, but we got Sanders, we got Raw Reese, we got Oliver Canada, and we added a late addition. Uh, Duke Lawrence. Jesus. So that's going to be uh, a lot of bruisers in the ring. A lot of got to be over, well over twelve hundred pounds. Yeah. Do you need to reinforce the uh, the ring at that point? <laughs> Jesus. You know, I got to see what's up with Juicy. I know he wasn't doing well, but then I saw he was booked for a show. So yeah, he, he ghosted me on uh, message when he was in the hospital. Oh really? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, because before that, he was like, hey, but, you know, hey, who's want to come back? I'm like, well, love to have you. You know, I had an idea. And then all of a sudden, he was in the hospital, got sick. Don't know what was up. But I guess now he's all right. 
and then I saw they were supposed to wrestle. I meant to ask Sharp because I think it was one of the shows he was on this past week. You see, was scheduled to be on there, so I'm curious right. if it was just on the flyer because it was made beforehand. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. But yeah, yeah. we're in talks, and you know we got matches set. We got the the video from Mikey for uh, No Escape. You know we. we to get it out there man there's gonna be you know we haven't had a casino show since november so yeah we're gonna be at the end of march almost april that's probably the longest we've been without a casino show in a very long time yeah yeah but it was tough you know it was they were closed the gps said silver nugget closed the walk up became far less maybe people thought it was closed or yeah. all of a sudden we sucked so bad nobody wanted to come hard for me to believe well, I, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's go with the, uh, the, the, uh, the opposite of that and, uh, say that it was just, you know, a, a busy Sunday and, uh, yeah, the rumble, the, the rumble has always been one of our biggest shows Yeah, and the turnout was, uh, way more disappointing than expected. It was okay. Yeah. Better than the one before when casino shut down a week before the show in September. Right. So we did a little better, but it was still difficult with the back entrance and people going back in and forth. Ugh. So hopefully they'll get everything fixed and, you know, by WrestleMania next year, baby. Yeah. I'll be holding all the venues hostage. Or, or they'll be all jacking up the price. So they won't even know. I'm going to slide in way before. Oh, man. All right, everyone. Uh, catch, uh, catch the show this Saturday and uh, definitely a, a good card, uh, you know, stocked up. Uh, and uh, uh, then uh, there's a high octane coming up. Uh, high octane. The first match uh, that's been signed is uh, Andy Delgado. Uh, who got jumped by Bateman at the last Future Shock. So, you know, things happen at Future Shock. And he wants Bateman, but uh, Bateman is sending his, uh, some people say lackey, some people say his uh, protege, uh, Lazarus. So 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 we could call him his Lazkey. You can. You know, nobody have any idea what you're saying, but, yeah, you know, that that's definitely fine. Uh, we also have uh, the young prodigy, Bodie. He's scheduled to be on the show and wrestle. Uh, Gregory Sharp will be there. Uh, the Nevada State champion, Jacob Austin Young, will be there. Pretty sure Bateman will be there. Cody will be there. So it, Matt Vandegrift will be there. It's going to be a stacked card. You yeah. know, and we have some matches that we have to, you know, continue and see who is going to be in the Nevada state championship match or the uh, no limits. And right now we have, which I guess we can announce because the match has already been set sky high. Number one contenders are scheduled to wrestle uh, the 1%, the West coast wrecking crew, uh, Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson for the FSW tag team championships on March 31st. So, uh, you know, hit me up for tickets. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And until next week, we'll see you guys.